You're listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. Bridges is a house church movement meeting in homes all across Music City. To find a house church near you or to find other ways to support or get involved, go to bridgesnashville.com. Today we're continuing in our series, Jesus Is. And if you're taking notes, which I hope you are, the title of today's message is Jesus is the light of the world. And listen, if there is any time that we need the light of Jesus to shine, it's right now today. And so we're just going to spend a few minutes diving into this and starting off. I want to read out of John 8 and verse 12, and I'm reading in the New Living Translation. It says, Jesus spoke to the people once more and said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And so there it is right there. Jesus is letting it be known. He's declaring, I am the light of the world. And so we're going to look at from a practical standpoint, what are some characteristics of light? When, when you hear that phrase, light of the world, what does that mean? So let's just look at the definition of light. Light makes things visible. Light glows, it shines, it's bright, radiant, and brilliant. And here's one I really like, light expels darkness. In 1 John, or rather in John 1 and verse 5, it says, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. So that settles the argument right there. What's more powerful, light or dark? Light expels darkness. And here's the interesting thing. Darkness really doesn't exist. It's just perceived. Darkness is actually the absence of light. And so his light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. The Bible tells us in the very beginning of creation, when you go to Genesis chapter one, it talks about how the earth was void and without form. And the very next thing we see is that God said, let there be light. And what I find interesting there is because the the earth was void and without form, in other words, it had no definition. There was no clarity. Light was necessary in order to bring clarity and to bring definition, because without light, things don't have a clear definition. And listen, if that's not the day and age that we're living in right now, where Things have lost clarity and definition, things that used to be clearly defined, like the family and gender and all these things. Suddenly we don't have definition. We don't have clarity. And what is that about? The absence of light. Light helps us to see where we're going. Psalm 119 verse 105 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. And so you really could interchange the beginning there and say, Jesus is a lamp to guide my feet and he's a light for my path because Jesus is the word. And so Jesus is the light that guides us, that gives us direction. We're talking about things that are characterizations of light here. Here's another one I really like. Light produces life. Light produces life. Now, here's a little, uh, you know, scientific uh, definition for you, a little background. Light is the main source of energy for all living organisms. Plants, the main sustainers of life, are crucial in this conversion process 
and need light for photosynthesis, which enables them to make their own food and food for others. And perhaps the most important, photosynthesis produces oxygen. So there you have it. Without light, there's no life. And so light is important. Light is crucial. Light is critical when you think about that. And so now that we've looked at just some very practical, basic definitions and characteristics of light, let's look at the evidence that we find in the word of God that Jesus is truly the light of the world. We'll read here in John chapter nine, and I encourage you to pick up the Bible. I know we, we're all on our phones nowadays, but we're gonna go a little old school and flip some pages. In John chapter nine, and I'm gonna read this passage, the first few verses here. It says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Teacher, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it a result of his own sins or those of his parents? It was not because of his sins or his parents' sins, Jesus answered. He was born blind so that the power of God could be seen in him. That's good. All of us must quickly carry out the task assigned to us by the one who sent me, because there's little time left before the night falls and all work comes to an end. But while I am still here in the world, I am the light of the world. Then he spit on the ground, made mud with saliva and smoothed the mud over the blind man's eyes. He told him, go and wash in the pool of Siloam. So the man went and washed and he came back seeing. There's some evidence right there that Jesus is the light of the world. When people who were walking in blindness encountered him, he caused them to see. And so that is the power that Jesus carried as the light of the world. Whenever he encountered, and there's so many examples throughout scripture where he would encounter people who were literally physically blind. And one word, one touch from Jesus, him showing up on the scene caused them to see. And another, another example is further down in that same chapter, we've all probably heard the story of Saul. Saul was literally persecuting the church. He was a murderer. I mean, he was like the, their day, the Charles Manson of their day. I mean, this guy was no joke and he hated Christians. And it said he had an encounter on the road to Damascus with God. And in that moment, God literally uh, caused him to go blind because Saul, you see, was work, walking in spiritual blindness. And so God took his physical sight in order to help him to see spiritually and to get him on the right path. And it says that the light shined down on him. He encountered a voice from heaven, which was the voice of the Lord saying, why are you persecuting my church, Saul? And the story goes on and it, it takes us through the journey of how Saul ultimately was converted and became Paul, one of the greatest evangelists there was. And so in that moment, Jesus light called Saul to see the truth because he was walking in spiritual blindness. And you have a lot of people that are around us every day who are spiritually blind and they need the light of Jesus to cause them to see. Saul had to be neutralized so that he could be transformed by the light of God. 
And so God took away his sight, took away his physical sight and vision and neutralized him and set him down to where he couldn't do anything so he could get his attention and open up his spiritual eyes and transform his life and use him for his glory. Another thing that we see that happened throughout scripture, whenever Jesus encountered darkness, the darkness could not prevail. And we're going to read an example of this in Mark chapter five. And this is a story about a man who was basically demon possessed. And it says in verse number, starting in verse one. So they arrived at the other side of the lake in the land of Gerasenes. Just as Jesus was climbing from the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit ran out from a cemetery to meet him. This man lived among the tombs and could not be restrained even with chains. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he would snap the chains from his wrist and he smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to control him, the Bible says. All day long and throughout the night, he would wander among the tombs and in the hills, screaming and hitting himself with stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him ran to meet Jesus and fell down before him. He gave a terrible scream, shrieking, why are you bothering me, Jesus, son of the most high God? For God's sake, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. And then Jesus asked, what is your name? And he replied, Legion, because there are many of us inside of him. And it goes on to to say how this man begged Jesus, please don't send me into some distant place. And so Jesus commanded him to go into a bunch of pigs and the pigs ran down the hill and killed themselves. But the moral of the story is when that man who was bound, he was literally bound by darkness. He was bound by demonic spirits. When he encountered Jesus, the light of Jesus broke through and overcame the darkness that was controlling him. And the thing I find interesting there, it says when Jesus was some distance off, the man saw him. That's the power that Jesus has. He just showed up and the darkness recognized him and was afraid of him. And the Bible talks about how demons tremble at the sound of the name of Jesus. And so the darkness cannot prevail when the light of Jesus shows up on the scene. Here's another one, another example of how we know Jesus was the light and is the light of the world. When he encountered the disciples, he elevated them from living productive lives to living purpose-filled lives. And you see, there's in Matthew chapter 4 and verses 18 through 22, it talks about how Jesus found Andrew and Simon and James and John, and they were all fishermen. And they were just living their lives. They were living productive lives, doing their jobs, going through the motions every day. But when they encountered the light of Jesus, he took them from just being productive to being purpose-filled individuals who were living a life filled with purpose that would produce fruit that would last for eternity. And so earlier we talked about one of the characteristics of light being that it gives us direction and it gives us clarity. When you encounter the light of Jesus, your life has purpose. Your life has clarity. Your life now has definition. You're not just here taking up space existing, but God has a purpose for your life. And he has fruit for you to produce in this life. 
And when you encounter the light of Jesus, that will become clear. And so now that we've looked at some evidence of why we know Jesus is the light of the world, let's talk about how does Jesus shine his light? How does he shine his light? He shines his light to us and through us. He shines his light to us and through us. Sometimes we're on the receiving end. Maybe we find ourselves where we're in a position where we're overcome with darkness or we're struggling or we, we need direction. We have chaos and confusion and we don't know which way to turn. And we need the light of Jesus to shine to us and shine upon us to help break that darkness off of our lives, to help give us direction and clarity when we don't know what to do. And the light of Jesus is there to shine upon us and to help us when we're struggling in different areas. His light is there to energize us when maybe we're feeling hopeless and we're feeling like we don't have purpose in life or maybe we're feeling like some dreams and some things have died and we need the life of God to breathe upon those things. The light of Jesus is there to do that for us. But then the other side of that is he is the light that shines through us so that the world will see his goodness and recognize him as the savior of the world. And we read about this in Matthew chapter five in verses 14 through 16. It says, you are the light of the world. And this is Jesus speaking like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. So here's the deal. We know that Jesus resurrected from the dead and he's seated at the right hand of the father. So now we are the ones who are shining the light of Christ in the earth because Jesus lives on the inside of you and I. If you call yourself a believer, if you're a servant of God, if you're a son or daughter of Jesus Christ, then his light should be shining and transmitting through you. And so a lot of times, you know, you hear people talk about, man, it seems like darkness is so prevalent in the earth. And why is darkness taking over? But instead of asking why there's so much darkness in the world, the question we need to be asking is, why is the light absent? Why is the light absent? The reason we perceive darkness so much is because the church of Jesus Christ is not shining his light bright enough. We're not shining his light bright enough because we already talked about the fact that all darkness is, is the absence of light. And so when you sense darkness at its heaviest and at its greatest, then the thing we need to look at is why is the light of Jesus not shining bright? When light is present, darkness disappears. It's that simple. And so what is it that dims our light? What are some things that cause our lights to become dim? Because when you have a muddy vessel, it's very hard for the light to penetrate through and shine clearly through that. If I had a glass here and I spray painted that glass with black color and I shined a flashlight through it, you wouldn't see that light coming through the other side very clearly. But if the glass is clear, you're going to see that light coming through without any hindrance or anything in the way. You're gonna see it shining brightly. 
Jesus' light shines the brightest when he has a pure vessel to shine through. And I want to read something as we're closing here in Matthew chapter 21. And this is a story that really, uh, it really just paints a picture of what Jesus feels about this. In Matthew chapter 21, and I'm going to go to uh, verses 12, starting in verse 12 here. And it talks about um, how Jesus was basically entering the temple and he was mad. He was angry. And in verse 12, it says Jesus entered the temple and he began to drive out the merchants and their customers. He knocked over the tables of the money changers and the stalls of those selling doves. He said, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a place of prayer but you've turned it into a den of thieves. The blind and the lame came to him and he healed them there in the temple. Man, he talks about it and lays it out very clearly for us. He said, you've turned my house, my church, into a den of thieves, self-serving your own desires, your own ambitions. You're using it to manipulate people, to take advantage of people. And that is not my intent. That was never my intent. My house, is to be called a house of prayer. In other words, we need to get back to the basics of what Jesus has called the church to be in the earth. We are to be a house of prayer. We are to be a people of prayer who are demonstrating the power and the goodness of God. And so often we've gotten distracted and gotten our focus on other things, our programs, our events, our agendas, our priorities, and the way we want things to be done. And then we ask God to move and to operate within these boxes that we've created. But Jesus is saying, time out for that. Get back to what I've called the church to be. My church is to be a house of prayer. And the very next thing you notice after he cleared the temple of all the clutter and all the distractions and all the things that had nothing to do with him, he went right back to being the light. He started healing everybody who was sick, opening everybody's eyes who were blind. And so when we clear out the clutter and get rid of the mud and get rid of the things that are clouding the vessel and dimming our light, the light of Jesus will shine brightly as it needs to in this day. And so in closing, the world needs to see the light of Jesus now more than ever. And the only way they're going to see it is through you and I. And so we have to make sure that we're shining his light brightly, that we're not hiding it, that we're not concealing it, that we're not putting it under a, a bucket, that we're not blocking it because we've got all kind of clutter and things in our lives that are preventing his light from shining through us. Let's make sure we're a people who shine the light of Jesus brightly because the world needs his light now more than ever. Thanks for listening to the Bridges Nashville podcast. To stay up to date on everything going on at Bridges, you can find us online at facebook.com slash Bridges Nashville or at Bridges Nashville on Instagram.